Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Where nothing is held back. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Where nothing is censored. He did what? Where nothing is off limits. She is gone! Where anything goes. This is Snowman Unfiltered. Holy Toledo! What a way to finish! And here's your host, Brian Snow. Well, 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 here we are with another episode of Snowman Unfiltered, and there have been a couple where I've gone off the board. This will be one where I go off the board as I welcome a fellow from across the pond who has a very wonderful story. And we're going to tell it here on Snowman Unfiltered. Do me a favor, folks. I want you all to welcome Trevor Henderson. And he joins me from the UK right now. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. I caught wind of your story, and you emailed me, which is how I got a lot of my guests, and I'm going to give you the floor and just tell your story, because I absolutely love it, about helping people with dyslexia become speakers. Absolutely, yes. Yes. It's, um, it's an incre- incredibly fulfilling thing to do. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. I've found my dream at last. At the age of 59, can you believe it? It's taking me that long. <laughs> no, matter, <laughs> no matter how long it takes for y'all to find your dream, no matter what age you are to find your dream, when you find it, it's the most wonderful thing. Now, I found mine at an early age, and I got started in sportscasting when I was 23, but it's taken the better part of 24 years to me, for me to really put it together. I want... Tell the folks how you got this started. Well, I, I'll be honest. It, it, I suppose the story started, God, years ago, 1973. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was um, 1973 when I, a 13-year-old boy got called yet again to the master's office. And um, in those days, the world was very, very different to what it is now. And I was expecting, as usual, being the naughty boy in the class, I thought I was going to get the cane. I thought, as you, as ever, I was going to get the cane again. That's, um, the cane is, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, in the US, it's the stick, basically. It's the right. stick you can get a beating right. off the teacher. Um and I entered the office and the teacher was sitting there, as usual, looking rather smug behind his desk, his grey wrinkled suit and his balding head. And um, he told me to sit down and then said, seemed rather exasperated. He said, well, Henderson, what exactly do you want to do with your life? 
And I'd already had this conversation. I'd already spoken to my father about mm-hmm. at 13. I'd had this dream on TV. They had adverts saying, join the Navy and see the world. And I thought, wow, that looks incredible. Here I am stuck in a little, tiny little council estate in a tiny little house. I could actually go and see the big wide world. And I'd say to my dad, I'd, I'd like to do that. And he said, well, unfortunately, son, you can't. Because you're colorblind. They won't take you. Mm. So the only way, yeah, the only way you could get into the Navy would be as a non-commissioned officer. I said, what, what's that mean, Dad? I, I, what's an NCO? He said, well, you could, uh, you could do something like become a doctor. And then you would go through the ratings. And I thought, actually, that sounds quite interesting. I could see the world and help other people. This could be amazing. So um, so there I was in front of the lecturer, the teacher, and he said, um, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I've had this conversation with my father and I was thinking I'd like to become a doctor so that I could join the Navy and see the world. And he sat back in his chair with a grin on his face and said, don't be stupid, Henderson. You've got to be clever to be a doctor. And you, boy, you're not clever. You need to aim lower. You need to aim for something like a milkman. And I walked out of that room. My dreams had been shattered. I was totally, totally deflated. You know, what, what, what was I going to do with my life? So that Saturday, Saturday morning, there I was at 7 a.m. at the roundabout, waiting for the milkman to come up. You see, at 13, I was doing a milk round, delivering milk bottles, and I was doing everything, including the paperwork, except drive the vehicle. And I thought, well, what's the point in going to school? Why, why should I bother going to school? I can do it. I can be a milkman now. I don't need to carry on with education. So I skived off school whenever I could. I you know, ducked and dived and did as little as I could. And as you can imagine, I was destined to be nothing more than a milkman. Yeah. Um, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with a milkman, but that was my, oh, my dreams be shattered. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be I wanted to be a doctor, but they've been shattered. Um, and my education, my education went downhill and downhill. And then just by chance, I had an opportunity to go to another school. And quite surprisingly, my parents said, yeah, this is a big deal. You really need to get into this school. I went, had no idea what it's going to be like. I went and visited the school for this interview. And I was not for six. This school was nothing like any school I'd ever seen before. This was a technical school, and they specialised in things like woodwork, metalwork, technical drawing, sports, all sorts of skills that I'd never had the opportunity to learn before. And uh, and somehow, no idea how, somehow, I passed the interview, and they accepted me and took me in. Wow. And I, yeah, and I was, uh, I was, Shocked. Well, I was shocked when I got there that one, how much fun it was, but two, 
how hard it was to work. I was constantly playing catch-up with uh, a school full of clever, bright people, and I was clearly not the brightest or cleverest person. In my mind, I was still the stupid boy. And, um, well, after so I spent three years here, I stayed on for an extra year, and we have a thing called um, GCSEs, and I passed seven of them with ACCs, which was phenomenal when I was destined to get zero from my previous school. That is phenomenal. And we, yeah, and it was, when I look back at it, at the time I didn't really appreciate it, but when I look back, the difference was, it was a different school and they got me. They understood that I thought different to other people. And I started through my life, I realized that I think different, I do things different, but I didn't know why I thought I did things different. And I have a, a weird ability to, to look at the world around me, look at things that are happening and turn them into visual systems and structures and create something out of, like a visual thing in my head out of nothing. Um, it's, it's weird. Like So things like I take, I, I can't, I've got a terrible memory. My memory is really bad. I can take an engine apart and I can put it all back together in the right places without having to look up a, a workshop manual. I've just got this visual way that my mind works. And um, anyway, I left school and and gradually, somehow, I dropped into, found my way into IT and uh, worked my way up through my IT career, spent 30 years in IT, of which 20 years of it was, um, 20 years was freelancing. I was earning extremely good money, very very good money. I worked myself up to a position of responsibility and you know, the stupid boy had actually come good. Man, so that man. was a, a story. Like, and I know there's more to the story, but just that part alone, that first part of it should give yeah. any and everybody that wants to chase a dream the nerve to chase it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, this is what you don't realise. The trouble is, we get so we get so wrapped up with other people's beliefs and ideas and thoughts. Right. We believe them ourselves. You know? So when someone says to you, "Don't talk stupid, Henderson. You've got to be clever. You're not clever," and they're in a position of authority, you believe that. Yeah. You don't yeah. question it. When you're 13, you don't question it. Even as adults, we, there's so many things that happen around us, that go on around us, that we don't question. We just believe mm-hmm. that that's the way it should be. And our belief system dictates who we are. Yeah? Our belief system defines the person that we are. You know, and uh, my wife and I were talking about this very thing, about what defines who we are and why people even today are afraid to question what they believe ask the question of why why does it happen this way why do we have to believe this 
Why do we have to believe that? How does this work? And when you don't ask those questions and you just follow along with what society dictates what you should follow, you wind up losing a lot of yourself in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so is there, do you have any children listen to this, uh, to, so to your podcasts? How, how did, you, yeah. I didn't hear you quote. Go sorry. ahead. Sorry. I was just wondering, do you, do you have any children that listen to your podcast? Um, actually, I don't as of yet, but uh, there are okay, some well, kids that are becoming interested in listening, in hearing stories like this especially. Well, see, I don't want to destroy any beliefs they have, but yeah. when we're young, when we're young, we have a belief. We have a belief that is told by other people about Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, we do. And then, and then that belief changes. It does. Doesn't it? And if that belief is something that we've been told is not true and changes, what other beliefs do we have? Yeah. That we haven't questioned that we believe are true. I've said on this program and on my morning show that one of my favorite comedians of all time is George Carlin. And he said something on his last special that should resonate with everybody. If it doesn't yet, it should. He said uh, something to the tune of children are going to read and going to read. Kids are going to learn to read and going to learn to read. Much more important to teach children to question what they read. Absolutely, yeah. When he said that, it resonated with me as an adult. Yeah. Yes. And growing up in the time that I grew up in, you know, you, you're you not taught that. You're not taught to question everything. You're not taught to ask the questions that need to be asked because, as you said a couple of moments ago, you and authority figures are supposed to coexist and get along when you're a kid. And if you dare, and yes, I put this word in this conversation, if you dare to ask the questions that only adults are supposed to ask, you're seen as a rebel. You're seen as yeah. someone who needs to be dealt with. And I mean dealt with in the point of he needs to be silenced. He needs to be re-educated. I mean from that standpoint. But at the same time, you've got to find out who you are. And that just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. It's, it's surprising how long it can take. Well, it took me, well, God, it took me over 50 years to find right. out who I am. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, it took me some 40 years to really discover what I want to do. And yeah. my mom had an idea of me being involved in computer science and computer engineering because when I graduated high school in 1990, that's what I had wanted to do or what I thought I had wanted to do. But then when I started listening to sports events on the radio, I started thinking, hey, 
that will be a cool thing to do also. And so mm. beginning in 1990, I, I just started to pursue it one step at a time. Yeah. So yeah. how did you come to be, how, how'd you get to becoming a speaker and helping people yeah. with dyslexia become speakers? That fascinated me when I got yeah. you. <laughs> well, I, I, um, I, I came through, I came in my, I hit my 50th birthday. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's like a big, big, big thing for a person to hit that age. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine said out of the blue, he phoned me up and said, um, I've been working for him for years. He said, Trev, do you fancy, uh, coming on an adventure? He didn't know it's my 50th coming up. He said, do you fancy coming on an adventure? We're going to sail across the Atlantic to, um, uh, St. Lucia. Do you fancy coming? And I thought, wow, what an opportunity. And it happened to coincide literally with my 50th birthday. So I thought, yeah, great. I, I'll, I'll do that. And I did. I, um, it was a 16 day voyage. It was fantastic. It was a life changing experience. But I came across other people that, that weren't doing what I was doing. I was I was in the daily grind. I was working five days a week, and yeah, that was my life. Work the whole my whole life was work, and I thought I don't want to do what other people are doing. I want to do what these people are doing because a lot of them don't seem to be working. Like they, a lot of these people I spoke to were mm-hmm. working five days a week, and I it was like a new world to me. I thought, wow, this is incredible. So. Without any plan, I just sort of dipped my toe in, in and out of, I was freelancing at the time in IT. And I dipped my toe in and out of freelancing, a bit of freelancing, trying a few other things, in and out, in and out. And then my last contract in, um, I was freelancing for a very large bank in the UK. And it started in 2014, February. And it was a three-year contract. It was five days working from home. Uh, five days working from home. Originally three days in the office, but they closed the office and said, you do five days from home. And I thought, oh, God, yeah, fantastic. I'll, I'll try that. Yeah. Anyway, after two and a half years, there's 120 people on the project, and you, you didn't see any of them. Everything was done by email. You didn't see any of these people all over the world. And after two and a half years being shut in a little box room, six by nine, on your own, with no contact out from the outside world, just staring at screen all day, every day, you start to get lonely. And after two and a half years of it, they phoned up and said, everything, the, the whole project, we've decided we're going to cancel the project. Everyone is now laid off, and everything that you've done half years has already been deleted. Ouch. And I thought, yeah. And I thought, wow, what did I do that for? What on earth did I do that for? Did I do it just for money? Is that what life is about, going to work and earning money? 
and achieving nothing. And I just questioned my whole life. I just couldn't, and I couldn't do anymore. I just couldn't do that mindless, you know, work that didn't achieve anything. So, um, so I spent 18 months in front of daytime TV, feeling rather sorry for myself and sinking into depression. And it all came to a head and my wife and my daughter said, you've got to do something. And sure enough, I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with depression. And I, um, I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. And at the same time, I also started getting back into work. And I started as a delivery driver. Now, the trouble was, I could, I didn't believe I could do that because I had been earning large sums of money working, working in IT with big sums of money and responsibilities. And I became defined by my job. I thought I couldn't do anything but that. And you, you get to a point where you think, you know, I've earned that much money. Why on earth would I work for less? I need to earn that much money again because that's what I do. And, um, and I never questioned it. I just had this mistaken belief. Then I started delivering and I was earning an absolute fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of what I'd earned before. But I enjoyed it. I suddenly realized that I was connecting with little old ladies who were desperate for their food and couldn't get out to shop and had I not been there doing it they you know they wouldn't have um yeah they possibly wouldn't have eaten would have had trouble getting food in the house so I felt like I was contributing but I wanted to contribute more I wanted to do more and I started working I'd been public speaking for years in as a toastmaster and I started working I found this job working with people with learning difficulties and as I was helping educate these people with learning difficulties in using um, technology to help with their studies, things started sort of falling in place. I started realizing that some of these people that were having problems, I could relate to. I understood them. I actually thought like them. And I had developed my own visual structures and strategies and ways of speaking that didn't require writing a speech. It was totally you know, I thought I thought it's just my way of doing it, but it turns out a lot of people resonated with that and said, "Oh, this is brilliant! We'd love to see this. We'd love to learn more about this." And you, know, you need to get this message out to other people. So yeah, I then found out that yeah, it seems that funny enough, I I'm dyslexic. I've got this this visual dyslexic mind that allows me to to create these these structures and systems that maybe other people haven't thought of. Or as it turns out, some of the things that I've shown, people with dyslexia have said to me, oh, I do something similar to that, yeah. But no one teaches anyone it because we all think we're different. We all think we're less than. Yeah? And so I love where, that analogy. Yeah. A lot of people think that you're yeah. less than because yeah. of a condition you didn't ask for. Yeah. And because of that condition you didn't ask for, you're more to the point immediately shunned by society. And that's wrong. Yeah. That's absolutely wrong. Well. Yeah. 
you you are absolutely so right there. It's the the people that are different are the ones that that are shunned, the ones that are because of their differences, they're dismissed, cast aside, told they're a stupid boy. And that you're not clever enough to use the words you described earlier in this episode. That you're not cl- yeah. you're not clever enough to succeed. And Lord knows, I have been told that. I know some friends that have been told that. And I always, during my episodes, be it of my morning show or be it of this podcast, say, I always say, dream big and do bigger. One of the goals I have yeah. is to have my bachelor's degree before I turn 50. And I spoke that aloud, yeah. and my wife che- is, has been cheering me on, saying, when we get settled, that'll be one of your biggest things to do. But also to really build something doing what you love to do. And I want to see you chase your dreams. She tells me that every day. And, folks, I want this episode to be a reminder that no matter what kind of wild cards you've been dealt, if Trevor nor I don't teach you anything, remember this. You're never too old to chase your dreams and catch them. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad you emailed me and that you got a hold of me wanting to do an episode of Snowman Unfiltered, and I'm finally happy that I got you on. Folks, this is Trevor Henderson. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, my friend. Um, I have a a Facebook group that I created, which is The Rise of the Dyslexic Speaker. And, uh, yeah, it's a safe place where people with dyslexia can get together. If you – I've had people say, oh, I don't do Facebook because – I can't post anything because my writing's not very good. And, uh, well, that doesn't matter here. No one judges anyone. We're here to learn about speaking and speaking using different systems that work with the way our minds work. Beautiful. So it's, it's a safe, comfortable environment. Yeah. The dyslexic speaker joins the snowman on this episode of Snowman Unfiltered, and I am... So proud of you, not just for what you achieved, but as a man that overcame a lot. And I know you're going to do a lot more, not just for the community that you're in, but for people through social media that reach out to you. I cannot be more proud of you, my friend. And I mean that. Thank you very much. It's very nice you to say that. Thank you. Folks. This has been Trevor Henderson, and this has been another episode of Snowman Unfiltered. I want to thank you for tuning in. As I always say, have a great time. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, and if you listen to this episode, you know it well. If your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big, do bigger. And I'll see you all next time on another episode of Snowman Unfiltered. Till then, Snowman out.